Good morning. Welcome to Jesus and Coffee with Pastor Tom, where we have a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. And we are in James chapter 2 this morning. We're going to be looking at four verses. And the reason why is because these four verses go together. Um, if we split it up, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. So we got to read them all at one time to follow James' train of thought. So as we start uh, chapter 2, well, let's just kind of review real quick uh, chapter 1. Um, James uh, comes in encouraging churches um, in their relationship with God. And at the very end of chapter 1, he, he says that real religion, he uses this term religion, which we don't typically use nowadays because it all tends to have negative connotations to it for a lot of people. But religion is someone, someone practicing true religion, um, is someone who loves God and loves others. And that's what we see him stating here in the last couple verses um, of chapter 1. And then chapter 2, he jumps right in uh, to another important aspect that uh, apparently is going on in the churches. And he's probably speaking from experience with this little story um, and lesson. So let's read and, and see what we can gather from it. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or you sit at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Apparently this was happening. Apparently this was happening. And part of it was a cultural thing for the, for the Greek culture, but really for any culture. People tend to put a lot of emphasis on money, right? And when you value money so highly, uh, what you tend to do is when, when a person has more money, you will prioritize them. You will give them more attention, give them more affection. And the whole reason you're doing it this, let's just be honest. The whole reason you would do it is you're trying to gain their favor in the hopes that maybe you can benefit from their wealth. And the person who doesn't have a lot of wealth, you just kind of push them to the side and don't give them any attention. In other words, in other words, it's discrimination that James is talking about here. Do not discriminate against any group of people. Uh, whether it's between wealthy and poor, whether it's between um, nationality or the way a person looks, um, we should not discriminate. We should embrace everyone as equal under the banner of Christ. The only discrimination we should have is in regards to people, whether or not they are honoring the Lord, right? Um, if people are claiming to be Christians and they're living in sin, there is a certain amount of separation you have to have there. Otherwise, you might appear to be approving of, of their sinful actions or their views. This doesn't mean that you don't love them. It doesn't mean that you hate them. But you also have to represent Christ. And you've got to be very careful with that, given the situation you might represent Christ in a very negative light depending on the type of affiliation you have with other people who claim to be Christians 
even though they might be approving of grave sin. Okay, But in this case, they're all on the same page in their theological view. And according to James, they're all in the same belief system under the banner of Christ. But apparently there's some people in some of these churches who are discriminating based solely upon the person's status in society. And that is a big no-no, a big sin. We should not do that, not in the church. Because here's the thing, at the end of the day, our wealth, true wealth, is in Christ, not in the material things of this earth. Because we're all going to face death one day. And this wealthy person he's describing here is not taking any of his fine clothing or his gold ring with him. He's going to be just as empty-handed as the poor man who faces eternity one day. And all that's going to matter is whether or not you laid your treasures up in heaven, right? Not the treasures on earth. So if you're the type of person who would favor this wealthy man, okay, over the poor person and give them more attention, then you're also the type of person who loves the things of this earth more than you love God. You care about the things of this earth more than you care about God. And see, here's a really big lesson for the church um, within this, is we need to be careful that we don't trust finances and money and worldly things more than we trust God. We don't put our faith in that more than we put our faith in God. We need to trust God to provide the finances for our church and trust that he's going to do it and not try to gain control over that, okay? And this is the reason why I, I don't want to know. Uh, as a pastor, I never want to know um, who tithes and how much they tithe. I don't want that information. The reason why I don't want that information is specifically for this passage of Scripture, because I am a human being, and I am not infallible. I can fall into sin just like any other human being. And if I have that information, I might be tempted to treat people differently based upon whether or not they give and how much they give. And I don't trust myself. So to protect myself from playing favoritism whether I do it consciously or subconsciously, I just don't want the information. And then there's no room for me and my brain, my sin nature brain, to fall into the trap of doing what James is talking about here. So don't give me the information. I don't care. My focus is supposed to be on ministering to people, not knowing who gives and how much they give. Now, if I am told by a finance committee, listen, people have just quit giving no one's giving anymore, then I would probably preach a sermon on our responsibility to tithe, okay? But I don't want details on who does and who doesn't. But if it comes to that, then yeah, it's my obligation as pastor to remind people of our responsibility as followers in our church to tithe and to give, to keep things going. But I don't want to know who gives and who doesn't give. I don't want any of that information. And that protects me, that protects me as pastor and helps me view everyone equally and cuts out any possibility for discrimination, okay? And I think everyone in the church should really follow that guideline 
Other people, the only ones who know, are the ones who have to handle and deal with the money. And they're the only ones who should know. Um, the, the church needs to know the global giving and everything in one big pot. But they don't need the details and the personal information. They don't need to know any of that. And people should not be boasting about it either. That's, that's another thing. So that information doesn't need to get out there because that information can be dangerous when it's given to Christian, good Christian people who still have a sin nature. So that's a good way to protect your people and to protect your church and to protect yourself as a spiritual leader. Don't get the information. Tell the finance committee, don't ever tell me. You keep that stuff from me, okay? Only tell me what I need to know. <laughs> that's it. At the end of the day, we've got to be careful and protect ourselves and constantly remind ourselves that what matters most is laying up our treasures in heaven, not treasures on earth, because they will fade away. Thank you for joining me. Have a blessed day. Seek first the kingdom of God, and I'll see you again tomorrow. Bye.